Hello, welcome to another blog read uh, by myself, uh, Jack March from rheumatology.physio. So this blog is entitled AXPAR in Women Updates. So on Friday the 9th of October I attended a webinar by Armour um, all about axial spondyloarthritis in women and how it differs to the condition in men. This blog will attempt at summarising the differences and clinical implications for us as therapists. Thank you to Armour for their invited speakers for their fascinating hour of content. They packed an incredible amount of information into it, were clear, concise and all around excellent. Would really recommend any further follow-up webinars if they are posted. I have got a few axial spondyloarthritis resources available in my shop, um, so head to rheumatology.physio forward slash shop and you can find that. And there is an overview document on my website as well. Please do consider visiting the shop and getting yourself some resources that will help you in clinic. It does support me to keep providing resources like this one for free and helps me to continue learning and summarising all of this information for us therapists. As usual, feedback is greatly appreciated and any further reading for me, please send it my way. Please remember, this blog is not a replacement for clinical reasoning and if you are unsure, get some advice. Introduction. Axe bar, men compared to women. Men, more likely radiographic. Increased incidence of uveitis and more likely to meet the modified New York criteria. Women, more likely to be non-radiographic and slower to progress to radiographic if they're going to. Increased extra-articular manifestations such as enthesitis, psoriasis and inflammatory bowel disease. A greater subjective disease activity, widespread pain and work productivity loss. Presentation. The modified New York criteria is a classification criteria for axial spondyloarthritis. Note, not a diagnostic criteria but it represents a more classical presentation of axial spondyloarthritis. This means women will likely present to a healthcare professional with symptoms less overtly inflammatory. This coupled with an assumption that axial spondyloarthritis is a disease of men is likely part responsible for the extra delay to diagnosis experienced by women, approximately seven to 10 months longer than men, and the statistic that they are less often referred for specialist assessment. Women are more likely to report more widespread pain than men, this may lead to a misdiagnosis of fibromyalgia syndrome, or similar, in some. The flip side of this is that women are more likely to have extra-articular manifestations than men, enthesitis, inflammatory bowel disease and psoriasis. When you combine this clinical picture with a less overt inflammatory pattern of back pain, it is easy to see how misdiagnosis can occur. Remaining vigilance in patients aged under 45 is vital. Holistic and multi-systemic assessment is necessary. Investigations. Women are more likely than men to be non-radiographic axial spondyloarthritis. This means they do not have inflammatory changes, SIJ, sacroiliitis, sclerosis, erosions, or spinal enthesiophytes on x-rays. They are also slower to progress, if they ever do, to radiographical axial spondyloarthritis than men. Women are less likely to be HLA-B27 positive, approximately 85 to 90%, compared to men, approximately 90 to 95%. But we need to be careful regarding different populations. One study showed a HLA-B27 positivity rate of only 50% in African Americans. This means x-rays in women for axial spondyloarthritis are essentially a waste of time. Not to mention subjecting the pelvic region of younger women is a bad idea in general anyway. MRI is a much more sensitive and appropriate tool for imaging investigations. 
I have another blog on imaging info, which you can find on my website. Ultrasound scanning may well be useful to look for emphysitis in the periphery. Blood testing is going to be helpful, but interpretation needs careful consideration. Axial spondyloarthritis is not ruled out purely by way of negative blood testing. Response to medications. Women have been shown to have shorter period of time on drugs, lower treatment response and lower treatment improvement. This is multifactorial, but a lack of studies in women doesn't help as protocols are mostly designed in men. Onward referral. Women with suspected axial spondyloarthritis need referring to rheumatology, as do their male counterparts. We need to be highly suspicious in women with psoriasis and or inflammatory bowel disease and or peripheral emphysitis. Key questioning around the inflammatory pattern of symptoms of both spinal and peripheral symptoms, as well as family history of psoriasis, inflammatory bowel disease and axial spondyloarthritis is absolutely necessary. Patients with suspected and sometimes diagnosed fibromyalgia are a difficult cohort to manage appropriately. We need to offset the potential negatives of overmedicalizing and appropriately ruling out clinically important diagnoses. In equivocal cases, ultrasound of the Achilles entheses might be useful to look for emphysitis. We have access to the SPADE tool, link address spadetool.co.uk, to assist with suspicion. Free to access and quite quick to use, it will help to supplement clinical reasoning and the referral process. Disease outcomes. As mentioned above, women are slower to progress to radiographical axial spondyloarthritis than men, but this does not mean they, the burden of disease is less. In fact, it appears to be greater. Women report more widespread pain, subjectively worse disease activity and more productivity loss. Let's not forget the lower effects of medications for their symptoms exacerbating the issue. End. I hope that you have found this useful. Remember, all patients need appropriate screening and questioning. Outcomes in axial spondyloarthritis are universally worse with delayed diagnosis, so we must make sure we remain vigilant. Please do get me any feedback you might have so that I can grow and improve. And I'll see you next time on the next blog and blog read.